Hey, this is Plot Twist, please. I'm Shamaya. It's like papaya, except it's not. And today we're talking about racial progress and what Black Men for Trump shows us about relationships. Follow all the social media accounts, check up on me, and subscribe. I really want to address Black men because everyone is talking about white women and white women's complacency and the oppression of minorities. And yes, straight says white women literally could end white supremacy if they wanted to as a collective. But I also want to talk about Black men. And no, Black men don't have the same amount of power as white women. Historically, white women would make accusations about Black men and those Black men would get hung, would get lynched, would go to prison. They wielded that kind of power over Black men because it is the hierarchy, right? We'll, we'll have sympathy for a white woman quicker than we will have sympathy for a Black man black men as main characters in mainstream media usually play the same kinds of roles right they're usually hyper masculine they are typically emotionally cut off they are fighting a battle either against the system or against some larger entity that's that's the role we put them in very seldom are they sensitive or emotionally available warm which is why spider-man into the spider-verse is one of my favorite movies because it does so much it does so much right if you don't know spider-man into the spider-verse is an animated film about different dimensions of well okay i don't want to spoil it for y'all but you pretty much could tell by the trailers, I guess. There are different dimensions, right? And each dimension has a different kind of Spider-Man. And in this dimension that we're introduced to, Miles Morales, who is a black and Latino teen who goes to an affluent school in the city of New York. Man, I love that movie. It gets, it does so well with showing black male vulnerability. And it shows a close relationship between father and the son, also the uncle and Miles. It shows really healthy relationships with black men because it is possible. <laughs> it's definitely possible to have healthy relationships with black men. The problem is like this wellness Olympics. I follow the grapevine, which is a platform. They do YouTube videos, they usually do panel discussions with a bunch of black content creators on the internet and they talk about black issues or issues concerning the black community and one of those issues that they addressed was misogynoir which if you don't know misogynoir is a term that means basically it has the traits of misogyny for white women but geared toward black women as a black woman misogynoir is something that i come into contact with all the time on dates with black men where there's this sense of needing to one-up me because of you know perceived accomplishments or needing to make me feel I don't want to say inferior because it sounds pretty dramatic um, but it's still the same toxic energy of I need to make sure that you have your place and have mine and here's my thing like run your relationships whatever way you want to but that should never warrant disrespecting women. It should never warrant disrespecting your black sisters. It should it should never be at the expense of the emotional or physical well-being of a black woman ever. That's the thing is is there's this sense in the black community of you guys chill out, we black men will get ours and then we'll talk about your issues. But it's like so you're going to tell me to sit here and wait? You're going to tell me to put your issues ahead of mine and wait? 
while y'all are talking about black women on Twitter, or y'all talking about how we're ugly, how we are undesirable, we are stupid, we're loud, how we don't deserve to be treated as human, basically. Like, like, like. <laughs> it's also crazy too because celebrity culture is a great mirror into the systems and the trends that are already existing in society as a whole. I think it's a great mirror. For example, when Serena Williams got engaged to that white man, I'm sorry, white man, I don't know your name. I don't know your name, but you're great, I think. When she got engaged to him, the black community, it was tense because a lot of black men were like, oh, she's dissing us for this white man. She isn't supporting her own kind. She's not gonna wait for the right black man. She'd rather go to the scapegoat white man. Where it's like, it is, it is really selfish to ask black women to give up more of themselves for people who do not do the same, for people who harm us. I'm not saying that all black men are this way and, and are perpetrators of misogynoir, but a lot of them are, even subconsciously. Oh my gosh, and there's another discussion to be had about hip hop culture and misogynoir. That's deep, and I, that's deep, right? On another another time on another date but it's like this entitlement to black women's vulnerability this entitlement to our care and our warmth that we have so readily provided without asking for anything in return and it's at this point it's like taking advantage because like with the Serena situation, while all these black men were coming for her, saying that she was not for the culture, that she wasn't for her people, even though she has done amazing things for the culture. She has donated. She is a trailblazer in a field that is white dominated, in a field where people called her an animal, where people, where people likened her to animals. She's doing great things for the black community. And not only that, she dated black men before this white man. Like, like I understand people turning aside if someone has never dated inside their race, like as a minority, you've never like, or, or even, or even that depends on where you grew up and your grooming and your rearing and the kind of energy you exude. Like, because like, let's be honest, like there's a type of energy that makes you more palpable for white people. And there's a kind of energy that makes you more palpable for black people, you know, colloquial phrases and just like the way that you speak that makes you fit in in particular groups, the way that you look, your phenotypes, whether or not you have a narrow nose, whether or not you have kinky curly hair, there are certain communities that will cap for you over others, depending on how you have presented yourself to the world, regardless of where you come from. As an autistic person, masking is real. And masking is when you blend into your environment by using traits that you observe that other people are exuding and you blend in really well. No one can tell. Black people do the same thing. Code switching, and if you don't know what code switching is, code switching is using certain vernacular for different types of groups that you'll find yourself in the midst of. So as a black woman, I find myself talking really proper when I'm around white people unintentionally just because of my education background and just like always going to predominantly white institutions. Like my whole life I've, I've only been to, I mean, except for these two years of my life, two years in elementary school, but other than that, I've always gone to predominantly white schools. Um, would get made fun of for talking too white, would get made fun of for talking too country. 
you know, you adapt as a black person. That's, that's part of your survival kit. You adapt. And that's part of it too. You don't know if she was in certain spaces with these white people and this is just who was there. Being in a predominantly white field, of course she's going to be surrounded by white people. Of course she's going to interact with white men. And maybe, just maybe, that white man will treasure her more than the black man ever did. Because y'all saw yourselves when you were calling her a monkey. There is something to be said about interracial relationships and the risks that black women take when entering them, which is another discussion. There, there are risks that we take when choosing to partner white men. And it just is not a black man's place to tell us how much emotional labor we should be willing to put in, especially with the history of misogynoir and a history of being torn down by our own, by our, by our black men. And it's also really funny too, because in celebrity culture, there's this sense of marrying up. So a trend that you'll see, there was this photo with Kanye West, Jay-Z, and like all of these famous affluent black men and pop culture and all of their wives, all of their wives, all of their wives were either really light bright black women or racially ambiguous women. And y'all wanna talk about self-hate? Now look, I love love, love is real, but it would behoove us to talk about the structures that create desire, to talk about the images that we grow up with that teach us what is desirable. I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to go through as many Black-centered Netflix shows as you can. And I'm not talking about the like, through the grapevine ones. I'm not talking about like, roll bounce. I'm talking about the mainstream Black culture like, that don't have to do with slave narratives or don't have to do with oppressive narratives, but that are just Black people living their lives or just Black people going to white colleges, predominantly white institutions, or just Black people in a workplace and like there's one black character. Go through all of the Netflix shows that have one black woman character. Count how many of those women are dark-skinned. Racial ambiguity sells. You know, the, the mixed aesthetic is the big moneymaker. Ariana Grande tried to do it. We, we see you, girl. You're not fooling anybody. It's hot now, the racially ambiguous aesthetic. And black men flock to that. Black men intentionally especially depending on how high up you are in social status, the higher up black men go, the lighter skin their partners become. Search it, I dare you. Look through, look through all the famous black men, all the, all the really accomplished producers and directors and actors and writers and look at their partners, look at their wives. They're all light bright. Maybe you'll find one that's not, but if they're American men, they're light bright. And there's nothing wrong with being in certain, certain communities and coming across people and being like, oh, like, I love you. But we also need to acknowledge that America has an obsession with the mixed aesthetic. The mixed baby aesthetic, I see you TikTok, you're not slick. The mixed, the interracial couple aesthetic, we are obsessed with seeing black men and white women together because it creates an illusion of equality, it creates an illusion of racial progress without us actually having to do the dirty, ugly, messy work. It creates the illusion of peaceful racial, racial relations without us actually having to think, why is it that I think the cream of the crop is a white woman? 
Why is it that I think a white woman's love is more valuable than a black woman's love or is more valuable than a woman of color's love? And that's it. A white woman's love is what's sought after when it comes to black men. Whether that manifests itself in racial ambiguity, some black men will be like, you know, I'd have to work harder than I would have to with a dark-skinned black girl. So they're admitting that with dark-skinned black women, you feel like you need to value them less. You can value them less because they're dark-skinned. What a lot of black men aren't willing to recognize is that they want to wield the power that white men have. They want the access to the power that white men have in white supremacy but they will never get it. And so if you're asking yourself why black men, why more than voted for Trump this time around than last, is because power creates delusion. But if you acknowledge that at the root that that power structure is problematic rather than trying to rise at the top of it, then we can actually get things done. We can't get anything done until people recognize that this system isn't working and that it will never work for you. If it hasn't worked for you, it will not work for you because it was not set up to benefit you. It's just, it's fascinating to me when we talk about wellness and we talk about mental health and self-care, how the mental health of black men ends up suffering because of this system. And that trickles down into affecting the mental health of black women. This is who a lot of us interact with. And there's a lot of healing that needs to take place. There's a lot of decolonizing that needs to take place. And honestly, Regardless of how traumatized someone is, get off of black women's necks. It just, it just, no one is entitled to a black woman's empathy, nobody. And that's something that I feel like we just need to remember that no one is entitled to that. Literally the world, people have been served black women's empathy. People have been welcomed by black women with open arms for centuries to the point where it's expected. It's kind of like, if every time a child cries, you are there. And I'm, I'm a preschool teacher, so we, we, we talk about this all the time, about the self-soothing method and about the, the act of transitioning the child to a self-soothing solution. If you are always there when the child is upset, if you are always providing the solutions, that child is never gonna learn how to self-soothe. They're always going to be dependent on you to the point where if you aren't there when they're like 12, if you've been there from day one and you never let them handle their emotions on their own and you were always there by the time they're like 12 years old, they're going to demand it. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that, how important it is to be cognizant of how these systems impact our relationships because who you partner with might be the most important decision you ever make. I was looking at a chart. I follow um, a social psychologist on my Instagram and there, was, there were these stats of how much time you spend with different kinds of people throughout the phases of your life. When it was talking about spending time with childhood friends, it showed that that diminished over time until you, like um, essentially you'd spend maybe like 1% of your time with them a year. Like it, it just annually, it just like went down and down and down until sometimes it disintegrated into nothing. It talked about how much time you spend with your siblings, which is um, less and less and less over time. It talked about how much time you spend with your parents, which again is less and less over time. 
But then it also talked about how much time you spend with a romantic partner. And you spend the most time with them throughout your entire life than you do with anybody else. So who you choose to partner is so important. Who you let into your circle, who you let into your heart, who you let into your space on a daily basis is so important. Who you let parent your children if you go that route. A good rule of thumb that someone taught me, I think I, think I saw this on like a talk show or something, but someone said that a good rule of thumb when choosing a lifelong partner, if that's what you wanna do, or a long-term partner, someone who you wanna build a life with, a good rule of thumb is, if I were to have children, even if I don't want to, if I were to have children, would I trust this person to the point where if I died and they were the only person left to raise my children, would I trust them to raise them up with the morals that I want them to have? Would I trust them to be able to do that if I wasn't there at all? And if the answer is no, I don't know, you might need to do some sifting around because it's so important. Something that we don't factor in enough oftentimes too is that if we want to have children, whoever enters the world, that child is going to have 50% of all of the issues that your partner has. Be cognizant of that. That's something that I keep going back to is, do I want my children to be like this? Do I want my children to essentially be like this person? And if the answer is no, and if the answer is an astounding no, get out. <laughs> and it's so it's so interesting too because it, it, this get out is really a cautionary tale to black men about the dangers of aligning yourself with whiteness. And I'm not saying that white women are dangerous exclusively. Of course not. No one is a monolith, but no one lives in a vacuum. So. Everyone comes to the table with their own conceptions and misconceptions about the world and about people who they've interacted with throughout their lifetime. I feel like people don't dig deeply enough into that stuff in the early stages of dating, in the latter stages of dating. I think people just feel really good in the moment and feel the butterflies and they're like, you know what, I wanna feel this way forever. You're not gonna feel that way forever. But people get caught up in those feelings and turn the blind eye to the issues. And you know, love is blind, I get it. And I think a lot of people now, particularly, are having to face these, are having to have these kinds of conversations with their white partners about, oh, how, what do you actually think? How do you actually feel about having a, having a black child? What, what steps are you going to take as a white person to ensure that my child, that our child is growing up with the utmost confidence and knowledge about themselves and about their culture and about the world around them where they can enter the world and navigate the world safely and prosper. So these are, these are important conversations that I think people are just now having. I think a lot of people are realizing now that their partners aren't willing to have these kinds of conversations, which is fascinating too. Uh, a lot of breakups are happening right now because people are realizing, oh, we're not on the, we're not, we're not, mm -mm, we're not on the same page. And I'm not going to ask, I'm never going to ask a black woman to endanger herself, to endanger her future children because someone's feelings were hurt or because, because, because someone feels entitled to their empathy. And so a lot of people are demanding black women's empathy. And how about 
people empathize with us. How about that? I, I think now is a great time to talk about the roles that black women are expected to play in pop culture, in their households, in the workplace, in politics, and the burden of, of, of this like maternal virtue, the burden of maternal virtue that is placed on black women because it's been expected. But we're not, we can't be expected to do that anymore. A lot of us are just as, if not more, oppressed in the system than the average person. I saw a statistic earlier this week that showed that the amount of black women who are killed by doctors in a week is the same amount of black men that are killed by police in a year. And that's not to do oppression Olympics. Even though I do challenge the notion of oppression Olympics, I do challenge that and I, I, I do want to talk about what that actually means and how it can get misconstrued. But I do want to leave with the thought, oppression really does influence relationships and it influences the nature of relationships and how straight cis women and straight cis men interact. It's, it's, I mean, could you imagine a world where women weren't taught every day of their lives ever to be perfect, like to literally be the epitome of purity and perfection and, and maternal grace? but at the same time to be sexy and at the same time to be smart but not too smart as a collective and as individuals in our lives we see that one black woman and we hold them up to an impossible standard and here's the thing is that has served us for some time you know throughout history you you ebb and flow in terms of the public perception so if you're really really downgraded for a long time it makes sense to hike you up to be this ethereal mystical creature because that's what you're you're combating against the system that literally thought you were dirt and treated you as dirt but now we can find an equilibrium right now we can say hey you're you're human too we expect so much of black women and it is only fair that we let them expect some things too so that's all I have for you today. Please like, subscribe, and stay weird, y'all. Bye.